This is the Horse Radio Network. This is episode 119 of Horsemanship Radio, brought to you by Omega Fields, the world's best omega-3 supplements for horses. Horsemanship Radio is a part of the family of the Horse Radio Network, and today we have two producers of the horse industry for sure. This is Debbie Lauks, and you're listening to the Horsemanship Radio. Thanks for joining us. Horsemanship Radio airs on the 1st and the 15th of the month, and I have my producer, Jen, with me again today. Hi, Jen. Greetings. Are you all packed for WEG? I'm so, no, I'm not packed for WEG, but I'm so excited to go, though. I, I'm actually, there's all kinds of emails coming in, you know, with all the bio stuff and all the titling stuff and all that now, and it's starting to feel real. And I can't wait to get there and see all these people are writing us and saying, hey, we're going to be there then, too. And so that's cool. So like, for yeah. for people who are not are have been living under a rock and don't know what WEG is, maybe we What's should a give them the, the, the three minute WEG primer. Oh, my gosh. You're better at that than I am. But it stands for World Equestrian Games. And it only happens once every four years. Am I right? That is correct. Okay. Yeah. Oh, and we've done a we've done a Q and A on this, I think, before. But this, uh, I think but, Weg is where I first met you and Monty. Weg in two thousand ten oh right. in Lexington. We did talk about that. That's right. It was in Lexington, Kentucky. It was my first Weg, actually, my last Weg. And um, yeah, you guys, Horse Radio Network had a setup there, and were. Um, I heard a lot of laughter coming from this booth that was across from where we were. We were in a booth for the Horse Radio Network, or Horse Racing TV, actually, yes. is what it was. Yes, we were right next uh, to and them. You were yeah. the horse yeah. yeah, right across the way. And that was a lot of fun and just so fun to, to have that arena full of so many horse lovers and the parades and the whole, you know, just it's a beautiful place. And I love Kentucky. Yeah. So, so this, this WEG happening September 3rd. 13th to the 23rd, we, right? Okay, right. We will be there at 19 and 20 only. So September 19 and 20. We'll be coming from an event and dad's going on to tour. So um, jumping in and jumping a, out. But it pretty much. So I'm going to I'm going to live fast so, on you, those we have two to remind, days. We have to remind everybody many, many times of the dates he's going to be there. The 22nd, 23rd. No. No. See, <laughs> the 19th and 20th. 19th and 20th. So <laughs> here's the scoop. And, World Equestrian Games is like the Olympics, except it's only equestrian sport. It works very similarly to the Olympics in that respect, but it's only horse sports. It's eventing and show jumping and dressage and vaulting and reining and combined driving and endurance. Those are the seven sports. Those all happen between the 11th and the 23rd. It's in Tryon, North Carolina, which is a beautiful facility in the middle of North Carolina. Um, there have been horror stories going along for months now about trying to find housing because, uh, because it's a reasonably rural area. But, yes, there is housing. Now that we've gotten down to the wire, uh, people are starting to discount the stuff that's still available. Ah, there so we go. get online and check it out. All you have to do is put World Equestrian Games 2018 and you'll have a 1,000 hits. Uh, so get Good. your tickets. Tickets for... The general admission where you get to see Monty Roberts and do all the cool shopping and see mm -hmm. other demonstrations start at a mere schmear 20 bucks. Yeah. So it's very low barrier to entry here. Yes. It's yeah. a very good yeah. deal. 
Um, there are still tickets available for competitions as well. So go online, use your favorite search engine, World Equestrian Games 2018, and make sure you have your tickets for which dates? 19 and 20 of September. There we go, 19th and 20th of September. To, and yeah. Yeah, a few before and a few after, too, if you want to stay a little extra. I have been oh, to one of World Equestrian Games myself, and it is well worth the price of admission and then some. And then some. Yeah, I'm excited to see all those that shopping stuff. I think we're going to be in the middle of the day-ish, you know, one, noon, something like that. Um, I'll have those dates up on our website on monteroberts.com as soon as we have the time nailed down. It's right up. Right there now is just, you know, World Equestrian Games. But the the fun thing is we're starting to narrow some of the topics we'll be doing. And one thing that we plan to do is have Elisa Wallace's Mustang there yes, to do cool. a join-up with a veteran um, with post-traumatic stress. So just to get a little taster of our program that we do for veterans all year long. So come see that. And then some remedial issues and some obviously good horsemanship from Monty Roberts. Very exciting. Be fun. Yes. Mm-hmm. Very I can't, fun. can't wait to see it. So WEG yeah. 20, 2018. It's This is only the second time in history that the World Equestrian Games has happened outside of Europe because that the... Whoever wins certain things, it, it's determined by this long and lugubrious process of who gets to have the World Equestrian Games. And it was supposed to be in Canada this year, but Canada was not able to um, have it happen. They had some issues with funding the facilities because it cost, cost an enormous amount of money to have a facility that can have all seven disciplines in the same place. As you can imagine. As you can I imagine. Mean, so crazy. the folks that own Tryon stepped up and said, we'll do it. We'll, we'll blow the budget. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, this is where I've got to brag on the Bellissimos of stepping up. They did yeah. put up the money and they, um, you know, put a lot of reputation on the line, too, to get it done. This is, I mean, yeah, it's yeah, an it's unbelievable It's been privately project. funded. It's not unlike Lexington, which was it's was held at a park, the park that was that is owned by the state. This is this mm-hmm. is a privately owned facility, although they have been working extensively with the state as well as the county to make sure the infrastructure is there. Um, roads and and signage and things like that getting set up and everything i have heard from competitors who have all been going there for all the rehearsal events all the smaller events so they can get familiar with the venue say that the equestrian facilities for the horses and the riders are just top of the line so that's kind of exciting too that is that is too and and the brook which is an animal welfare group usa brook usa uh, dad's a global ambassador for the brook which does um, a lot of good in india and egypt and places where the horses are really the livelihood they're the tractor for people in those uh, third world countries uh, brick kilns you can imagine you know hard work and equids uh, this is who is bringing us in to raise awareness for what the brook does the world over oh, exciting yeah it's very nice yeah it's it's a cool it, that is worthy alone of just supporting the brook um, we're going to have a lot of fun too though yeah that's really exciting i can't wait to meet some of the feet the some of the other folks from the brook because i've i've chatted with them when we're doing shows and stuff but i've not gotten to meet very many in, in person so that's really exciting oh i'll introduce you because we're going to see each other right that's right we're going to be there for the whole thing um, we're going to be there. We're not too sure how the broadcasts are going to pan out because we have to wait till, till we get to see the facilities. But I am going to be there as well as Glenn. And I yeah. think a couple of uh, all the other hosts are going to be making short trips up. They're not going to stay for the whole thing like we are. 
I'm trying to get Jamie up there. I hope we can. I hope we can. I think she'll enjoy it. She's never been to a wagon. I think she'll get a kick out of it. It's, it's kind of a special thing. Yeah, yeah. So good. So hopefully see you all. And and come up. Make sure you make, maybe we should do a meetup. Should we do a meetup? <gasps> That's Let's do brilliant. A meet yeah, we've got to do a meetup. We'll do a meetup. We'll, we'll make sure that gets up onto the Monty Roberts website and onto your Facebook page okay. of when the meetup Absolutely. Yeah, that's right. Good that's idea. right. Okay. Brilliant. That's an idea. Okay. Okay. On to our guest today. We have some uh, some real famous people. One is famous here in the U.S. And the other one's famous in Hungary. How about that? And we will get to our first famous guest, the one who's famous here in America, after we hear from a great American company, Omega Fields. Your horse is your partner in sport, in leisure, and just in life. To keep him at his peak performance and optimal health, a solid nutritional foundation is key. Ideally, horses are able to graze fresh, growing grasses, which most closely mimic their natural diet. But that may not always be possible, and we may need to supply some of those missing ingredients in today's diets and provide more functional foods. One component of a horse's diet that is often underfed are omega-3 fatty acids. While more prevalent in fresh forages, harvested forages are lower in omega-3 fatty acids due to their more advanced maturity. Obviously, grasses and legumes have to grow to a sufficient height in order to be harvested, while foraging patterns of horses show great preference for shorter, less mature plants. That's why modern horsemen and horsewomen trust Omega Horse Shine to provide a powerful, bountiful source of omega-3 fatty acids for their equine partners. Look for Omega Horse Shine from Omega Fields at your local tack and feed supplier, or you can find them online at omegafields.com. Craig Cameron has had a lifetime of education learning from the greatest, most important teacher of them all, and that's the horse. From working on a family ranch as a child to riding bulls in the PRCA to becoming a world-renowned clinician and horse trainer, native Texan Craig Cameron has worked with thousands of horses, adding ample experience to his natural-born ability to communicate effectively with the horse and with people. Over the course of three decades, working as a professional horseman, he has helped thousands of people build confidence and trust between themselves and their horse. And due to Craig's love for the horse and passion for helping others, he's been recognized with numerous honors and awards, like the Texas Cowboy Hall of Fame, the Heroes Hall of Fame, the 2010 Road to the Horse World Championship, Monty Roberts Equestrian of the Year Award, Culver Military Academy Hall of Fame, two Silver Telly Awards, to name a few. Craig is the creator and founder of the popular Extreme Cowboy Racing and the Guts and Glory 100-Mile Race for Special Operation Warrior Foundation. And he's the author of two Western Horseman books, and he happens to be a host of an award-winning RFD TV show called Ride Smart. Craig lives in Texas with his wife, Daylene, and son, Cole. Well, welcome, Craig Cameron. I finally get to have you on Horsemanship Radio. How are you doing? Well, it's a pleasure to get a chance to visit with you guys. You're doing a great job, and uh, yeah, excited about talking to you. Oh, I'm glad to have you on, Craig. So where are you hailing from right now? Are you at home? I uh, just came in from Wyoming, and uh, the Calgary Stampede I did a clinic, uh, private clinic on a beautiful ranch in uh, Saratoga, Wyoming. And then before that, we were at the Calgary Stampede doing the uh, Extreme Cowboy Race, the Cowboy Up Challenge, which was just fabulous. You know, the Stampede does everything first class. So I've been up in that cool country, but 
I'm down in Texas today. Oh, wilting a bit, I imagine. Uh, you're a brave soul to go. You're near Fort Worth somewhere, I think. What, what's well, the, I'm west, southwest west. of Fort Worth, a uh, little town of Bluffdale, Texas, which is just outside of the cowboy capital of Stephenville, Texas. So, oh. yeah, I'm in a good spot, but. You're right. It's plenty hot here. Right now. <laughs> We're calling you in July. It's it's a it's a test. But you know, people should go visit you out there. It's it's a beautiful part of the world when it's a little bit cooler. But Craig, I wanted to have you on today too, um, to to people get to know a little bit about your horsemanship. You mentioned one little thing there that's a big mouthful because you've been doing this for a while, which is the wild horse race and uh, and some of the things guts and glory rides you're famous for and some of these things you've done over the years you are an icon anymore in the western genre you you run ride smart horsemanship with Daylene, your wife but what what is it today that gets you out of bed and keeps you going besides having to turn the lights on <laughs> well you know uh, uh you know i just uh i guess i really just love the cowboy way of life and uh you know if you're cowboy you need uh, good horses so i'm i'm definitely uh you know my enthusiasm and excitement and being a student of the horse is really a big deal to me. And, uh, you know, each and every day I, I go out there with the attitude that I say to myself, Craig, ride better today than you did yesterday. So mm-hmm. really uh, important to me to look at things from the horse's point of view, recognize his fears and limitations. You know, it's all about trust and acceptance and all about respecting the horse. So the horse seeks the level of the rider. So, again, the better I get, usually the better my horses get. And that's what, that's what really keeps me going right there. That's awesome. That is awesome. And that's what we love about you. You know, I, I've watched uh, some of your videos and, and listened to you talk. You were chosen as Equitarian Award, I think, from, from Monty Roberts and a group of people of your group of your peers. And uh, to me, that that validates everything. Um, I wanted to know, I thought I would start off with a subject about choosing a horse saw some good mm-hmm. video that you've put out and you do a lot of assessing a horse long before you even got in the saddle, I noticed too. And I thought maybe you could give us some of those tips that I've heard you share with people that are looking at a, at a horse to buy. Well, you know, you want to be honest with yourself about your level of horsemanship. But, uh, uh, you know, when I go to pick a horse, what I recommend uh, for people is, uh, you know, they, uh, again, if they find a horse that they're interested in, you know, find somebody reputable and trustworthy to buy from, but mm. maybe even show up unexpected. Uh, you be the one uh, to go out there and catch that horse. I say a horse, uh, some of the horse that I'm going to buy, he should be easy to catch, uh, easy to halter. He should lead right up. You know, he should go uh, through the gates. Uh, uh, again, he should stand tied quietly. He should be able to pick up all four feet and set him back down, stand quiet when you brush him, uh, when you saddle him, when you cinch him up, he should be easy to bridle. Uh, he should stand still when you get on and get off. He should be able to walk, trot, and just canter right out, be able mm-hmm. to open and close the gate on him, and then be able to load and unload from the trailer. And that would be just some of the basic things that I would look for in the very beginning if I was really looking for a horse. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So you're, you're looking for a well-started horse. This horse is ready to just take a, a trail ride. Well, you know, again, a horse needs a great foundation. And, you know, uh, to make a great horse, you know, when you buy a good horse from me, you're paying for my time. Mm-hmm. You know, but so somebody does have to have done a good job. We need to give these horses a reason to trust us. You know, understanding the nature of the horse, understanding the mechanics of the horse, 
Nobody comes in the world knowing how to ride a horse. This is something that you learn. It almost can't be taught. You need to learn it. And learning, again, takes time for the human and a horse. So, you know, so much of the stuff that we call natural horsemanship, in my point of view, from my point of view, just because I say it, doesn't make it right or wrong, but a lot of this is not natural to the horse to accept something tied around him, you know, up on his back uh, Mm -hmm. to carry steel in his mouth, to have a predator up on his back, to face his fear. So again, we're asking a lot of things the horse that are not natural. So it's the way we present it to him. In other words, we need to present things to him in a way he can understand and then give him the time it takes for him to understand. And remember, each and every horse is going to be different. So again, my biggest advice would be to take your time, to go slow, don't get in a rush, don't get in a hurry, give him a chance to learn and put those recesses in there because that's when they're going to think and get quiet. Mm, that's nice. Nicely said, too. Thank you. So you don't just pick it by eye color, huh? <laughs> well, <laughs> you know, what do they say? Pretty is as pretty does. You know? Yeah, that's so, right. Yeah. And that's so, right. you know, again, every day I go out there truly as a student of a horse. You know, it's our job to adjust to fit the horse, the situation, and the circumstance. And remember, those circumstances change from moment to moment. We should mm-hmm. be observing remembering, comparing, adjusting, and applying. And again, working with these horses on a consistent basis and in uh, offering life up to them in a way they can understand. You know, it's about time and patience, you know, uh, and to not judge, to keep it simple and take your time. And again, improve our timing so we can redirect uh, the horse's mind. So again, training is nothing more than development through gradually increasing demands. So that's why I say take your time, give them a chance. And pretty soon if you offer it up, like I swear, these horses, they will not let you down. Mm, that's nice. Yeah. So do you ever have to backtrack with a horse? Do you find like you got a oh, horse? Oh, yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. For sure. You know, I always say sometimes to take two steps forward, you got to take one step back. So, you know, absolutely. You know, and so I have a horse that uh, people call a uh, problem horse or something. People would say, where do you start? I tell them. The beginning would be nice. So remember, <laughs> every day is a new beginning. And if a horse doesn't have a good foundation, it's my job to <clears throat> to give that to him and to check him out. And it's always the horse that's telling me where he's good, where he's bad, and where he needs the help. So I just keep listening to those horses. Yeah, good for you. So yeah, we had some we had some owners here this last week, and they brought in a couple of horses that were pretty green. They're three and a half, four years old or so, but they were they you know they'd been up on the mountains with them. They'd they'd taken some rides mm-hmm. with them and everything, and they just thought you know I want to kind of have you assess. Well, one of them they we tried to pick up a back foot on, and they were kicking. And I, here's mm-hmm. what we're finding is there's some holes in the training sometimes. And I, I'm thinking that you might agree with maybe some more groundwork needs to be done or a better job assessing needs to be done sometimes before we're really sure that we want to put our 12-year-old up there. Hmm? Well, you know, uh, yeah, I wouldn't be putting a 12-year-old on some horse uh, you know, that I wasn't really sure about. Yeah. So yeah. our job with a horse is to make that horse feel safe and sure and certain and secure and we do that by the way that we handle him you know it's not about going out there and just kicking them to go and pulling them to stop there's a lot more involved there in horsemanship so many different facets to it it's physical it's mental it's emotional it's mind 
body and spirit. And I'm trying to work with those horses on each and every level. And that's important to me. You know, a horse not being able to pick up his back foot, there could be a lot of different reasons for that. Mm -hmm. I've seen a horse actually like hold his breath when somebody would pick up, say, a back mm-hmm. foot. And about the time he couldn't hold his breath anymore, he jerks that foot away. It could be something that simple. But you start out with something simple. Just pet foot up, hold it for a moment, put it back down. You mm-hmm. don't drop it, you set it down. In everything we do, we must work with respect. We have to remember, to get respect, we have to give respect. So again, I look at those horses, and they look at me, and they say to me, hey, my life is just as important to me as yours is to you. Mm-hmm. So the way that I handle that horse makes a big difference. And we must remember that discipline is an art form, the way you discipline a horse. You don't, I don't punish any horses. I just use that old Tom Dorrance and Ray Hunt philosophy of mm-hmm. making the wrong thing difficult and the right thing easy. Mm-hmm. And pretty soon, those horses, if you offer it up, they're going to take that right trail. And uh, so, again, it's, the door's closed here. It's open here. It's easy to go through here. It's more difficult to go through there. If you wait on that horse, if you fix it up and wait, I guarantee you he'll find it. And then, like I said before, he won't let you down. They're super generous, aren't they? Oh, yeah. They're just, they're just incredible, you know. These horses never uh, cease to amaze me. So, But we need to be sympathetic to their needs, you know. And, uh, again, uh, you know, if we would just set things up, the horse will find it. You know, mm-hmm. we need to be more selfless, more present, more compassionate, you know, use focus, concentration, and more than anything else, anticipation. Mm-hmm. You know, we need to kind of feel what that horse is going to do before he does it so that we can uh, uh, let that happen or not let that happen, you know, because mm-hmm. if we wait until he already does it, then we're, we're too mm-hmm. late. So, again, that's uh, reading that horse through a feel, like I'm going to repeat again, physically, mentally, and emotionally. Mm-hmm. The guy has to be aware of those uh, things on all three levels. So there's a lot to think about. That's why I always say horsemanship is a thinking man's game. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's good too. Thank you for putting a plug in mm-hmm. the radio show too. But um, <laughs> did you just grow up in the saddle, Craig? Well, you know, I was lucky because uh, my family, we always had ranches and my family. And, and as a kid, that's really all I wanted to do. You know, I grew up around those old time cowboys, but uh, you know, a lot of those guys were kind of rough with the horses. And even as a little guy, you know, I never did like that too much. So I always knew there was a better way. And again, I was lucky enough to meet uh, Ray Hunt and Tom Dorrance, who really taught me the philosophy of working with the horse and not against the horse. And after that, it's about working on yourself. You know, people get out there and they just want to work on these horses. But, you know, if we would work more on ourselves, our feel, our timing, our rhythm, our tempo, our balance, our patience, our consistency, our understanding. You know, if we would work on ourselves, because truly, when we get good, just like that, the horse gets good. Mm -hmm. And there's a lot of truth in that. Yeah, you're so good. You're a good thinker, too. Do you do you keep learning? Are you still learning? (laughs) Well, that's what I say. I go up there every day as a student of the horse. Absolutely. Learning every day. It seems like the more that I learn, the more that I realize I need to learn. You know, horsemanship is an unending endeavor, unending. And there's just so much that, uh, you know, that, again, one door just opens about a hundred more. So, again, as a student of the horse, I go out there with that good attitude. I think it's important that you walk out there with a good attitude and a good feel. 
You know, uh, uh, Tom Doris used to say, work from the inside of you to the inside of the horse. Mm. You know, I think about that a lot these days. And uh, so, again, you know, that uh, emotional side, emotion, emotion, the things that move you, happy, sad, troubled, bothered, sure, unsure. The horse is exactly the same. Mm. So I go out there with that good feel, that that mental connection, that spiritual connection, that, that uh, uh, even the physical connection, you know. I'm working on all three levels, and again, I I really got that going for me, and uh, and I think those horses pick up on it quite a bit, you know. And I think when you start working that way, these horses they kind of know, you know. The old saying is, the horse knows when you know, and he knows when you don't know. There's a lot of truth in that. So that's true. That's true. So there's a lot to, to be aware of out there. Yeah, yeah, I know. I know. And the health of the horse is, is always at your epicenter, too. So uh, tell us a little bit about your business, too. How do people find out about you? What do you what do you do for people and their horses? And and uh, what can people avail themselves? Well, to? we're working here. You know, we're here at the Double One Ranch. We feel like we got probably one of the best and prettiest facilities in the business today. We just keep growing. We've expanded. Uh, bought another ranch next door to us. So we're always adding what we call our challenge trails and uh, obstacle, new obstacle courses. You know, you come to the ranch, we try to cover we have everything. We do what I call uh, the Craig Cameron cross training. So we do uh, groundwork, we do arena work, we do trail work, we do obstacle work, we do cattle work. You know, we just mix it up a little bit. We have question and answer sessions. So, you know, uh, it's just a blast. So, uh, uh, the uh, media called our, our clinic the riding of clinic of the mall. So people yeah. get a chance to really come here and learn and work in a great atmosphere. And, uh, you know, from the time these people show up here, I'm with them the whole time. And, uh, you know, it really is a, a great learning opportunity. So, you know, we're right here near Stephenville, Texas. But, uh, you know, just got a lot of things going on. Plus, you know, I'm out on the road and uh, uh, teaching clinics out on the road and really worldwide. So, uh, you know, just got it all rolling. And, and then, you know, we talked about my extreme cowboy race, which, uh, you know, has grown, grown worldwide. We have clubs now all over the world, in Europe oh. and, and in Australia and New Zealand and, and Canada. And, and on our world finals will be coming up here in Glen Rose, Texas, uh, in the first week of November. And so the best riders in the world will be down there competing. And uh, so people want to come and watch that. That's really amazing, you know. They call extreme cowboy racing the fastest growing sport in the equine industry today. So, uh, yeah, it's a lot of fun. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. And you started that. How, yeah. How long has that been going on now? Oh, gosh. We've probably been doing that close to 15 years now. Oh, but, my uh, you know, gosh. Yeah, yeah. It's really fun. And, you know, we did, did that, like I said, up at the Stampede. They, and they, that's a $30,000 event up there wow. uh, to the winners. And, uh, yeah, so it's really going great. So, uh, you know, we just got so much going on. But, you know, it all revolves around horses, horsemanship, you know, cowboy and, the, you know, the traditional uh, cowboy way of life. So we're just trying to keep that happening every day and uh, stay on top of that and uh, just uh, keep that going for people and for horses everywhere. It's fun. And Craig Cameron, thank you for stopping by and sharing that little bit of fun with us, too. People should go on your what, – what's your website? What is it? To, it's just uh, – you can go to ridesmart.com or craigcameron.com okay. and uh, look us up. And, uh, you know, we have a, a, a club as well where people can go to and we have live things once a week and, 
and that's called the Lance Smart Club, and that's a lot of fun too. People get to send in their questions, so we're just kind of trying to hit on all the cylinders over here. And, you uh, are, but, you uh, man. I want to know what yeah. you're drinking. You you must have caffeine. <laughs> <laughs> to yeah. know it. Well, you know, yeah. we, we, we've been lucky too, you know, and uh, you know, so all the different things we've done and places we've gone, the people we meet, and mm. you know, and uh, the competitions like at Road of the Horse, getting to win that, yeah. you know, in 2010, yeah. and uh, and, you know, we've written two great books with Western Horse and Magazine. So, yeah. you know, we're just trying to keep it all going. But, uh, you know, really, uh, the bottom line is uh, trying to do the best we can for the horses and that type of stuff and for the people that ride them. So, but uh, listen, it's been a lot of fun and a real pleasure getting a chance to talk with you guys. And uh, anytime you want to visit again, we'll just give me a call and we'll, we'll do it again. Love to make it a family thing. We'll get a few more of you on here and get dad on here with you. too. be fun. Be fun. Say hi to Daylene for me and to Cole and, and hope your family stays safe. Hey, thanks a bunch. You guys keep running like a champion and I'll see you next time. See you down the road. Hi, Carol Herter here, president of Cavallo, home of the world's most trusted and popular hoof boots. You know, one of the most interesting parts of what I do is the many horsey stories I get to hear. Most of them are really uplifting. Some are stories of challenges, and a few are downright sad. Recently, a wonderful woman took the time to approach us at a show to share a story about her horse who went down in quicksand. It started out as a really scary story. We were holding our breaths, waiting for the outcome, and it turned out wonderful. They winched the horse out relatively unscathed, albeit, you know, a little traumatized, and everyone standing around were super amazed that he still had his cavallo hoof boots on. Scary story with a good ending. Another testament to cavallo. If you don't have a pair for your horse, it's time. Cavallos are easy to put on, easy to take off when you want to take them off, and they stay on. They stay on in all terrain. Cavallo, the world's most trusted hoof boots. Kata Pataki was born in 1977 in Budapest, Hungary. A swimmer as a child, eventually swimming professionally, Kata has won five-time Hungarian championships before retiring in 1997 at just 20 years old. And she bought her first horse in 1996 then. And in 2008, her boyfriend, whom she later married, suggested that she should learn from the best, Monty Roberts' method. She took her first clinic in England and vowed to become the first Hungarian Monty Roberts instructor which she then accomplished in 2010. She credits Monty's international recognition for her ability to have now taught over 400 students, and she's often being asked now to demonstrate her talents in front of large audiences. Well, welcome, Kata Pataki. It's exciting to have you on Horsemanship Radio with such great news, and, and you're calling, are you in the Budapest area right now? Yes, I am. I am. Oh, <laughs> wonderful to hear you from you again. I know we've had you on Horsemanship Radio, but this is a completely different effort that you're putting together. And I'm really excited to share with the, the owners. But before we get into kind of the why of what, we, what we're going to talk about today, for those people who may have not heard other interviews with you, tell us a little bit about your horsey background and how you ended up becoming a Monty Roberts instructor. Okay, thank you. So hello, everybody. I'm from Hungary, and my background is, is a little bit special, maybe. I was a professional swimmer. I started when I was four-year-old, but also my dad introduced me to horses when I was five, and these two 
two things, it's been going parallel in the same time all the time. So I was in a water and then when I have a little spare time, I went and got some uh, horse riding lessons. <laughs> so that's, uh, <laughs> I was quite busy. And then when I when I did my graduation in high school, I've got a two-year-old horse uh, from my parents, which was a very interesting <laughs> uh, case at that time. So by this time in the moment, uh, I know a lot, a lot about horses or more uh, about horses than before. So I, I think it wasn't the best choice. But this horse, she was living with me for 13 years. And I learned a lot from her. So I did I did my studies in high school and it was nothing about horses. And I ended up working in a media in Hungary, a couple of radio stations and TV stations. But in the same time, I had my horse and I had a lot of things going around in my head that I would like to change my life. And I read Monty's book back in 1996 in English. And I just, you know, I just got this idea someday, I don't know how, but back in 2005, maybe. So, yeah, um, yeah. so, yeah, so it just came back in my mind. And, and I told to my family that I would like to, I, I just would like to learn Monty's method. And I would like to change something in my life because I would like to do something valuable in my life. And as, as a profession, really what I believe in. And that's how I ended up um, first in Kelly Marks in England because uh, I just couldn't travel a lot this time. I, I had a normal job in an office. But then um, I just did my intro exam and advanced course at Flag is Up Farms. And then I just decided, okay, I, I, I just need to become an Monte Roberts instructor. So, and my dreams came true. <laughs> no, <laughs> so this you is worked how hard. It <laughs> yeah. yeah, your dreams did come true with a lot of sweat and rolled up sleeves in between, a lot of wet saddle blankets. So, <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, we're really, we're really fortunate and blessed that you did, and it's been a great. Uh, you've been a great influence on that part of the world, not just Hungary but uh, Eastern Europe too. There are quite a few instructors over there now who all call you um, their instructor, and so you've you've actually helped grow the concepts a lot, which I think all horses should appreciate. And I know all of us definitely appreciate that you've yeah. opened up that world. <laughs> Hungary, uh, you know, we've had a few people through here besides like Laos Kashai. Um, uh, you know, we've had a few people here that have talked about the philosophy in Hungary. It's a very horse-centric country and part of the world, which is fascinating, I think, and that you're very yeah. true to the horse tradition there. Not traditional horse breaking so much, but uh, lots of different disciplines in horses. And do you feel like you're making a difference there? Do you feel like you're changing um, anything or is it just a part of becoming a better horseman there? No, I think uh, definitely because I just met a very famous uh, show jumper in Hungary a couple of years ago. He just heard something about me and he called me and uh, I just helped him with a horse who just didn't want to go forward anymore. And that was a great success. And uh, that was, I think, two years ago. And a lot of really, really good uh, show jumpers and sport horsemen calling me and uh, and I help them a lot. And, and I also having a lot of youngsters to start because they just realize that it's much easier for them also. Yeah. Um, so it's spreading uh, quite, <laughs> quite a mm. lot. And I, and I love my job because I have a lot of uh, remedial horses as well and a lot of youngsters and uh, 
and I think is we are just getting there, and and it's changing. I Fantastic. believe in that. Oh, I'm so yeah. glad to hear that. Well, when we heard um, Dad was approached, Monty Roberts was approached uh, about this show, uh, master demonstration at the Budapest Horse Show. We were intrigued. Uh, it's not his usual live demonstration. It's way out of the box, actually, entirely for what he normally does. But because it it involved some really famous other horsemen, and it sounded like such a cool thing that was being put together. And it was at the end of a long tour for him. And he thought, well, a few, another week in Europe. <laughs> so he literally leaves the right after the middle of September, right after a horse sense and healing clinic that wraps up on the 16th, he heads to WAG world equestrian games in Tryon, North Carolina. And then he pops over to England and begins to train for the queen and then go on tour. But he literally will wrap up his tour on December 1st and 2nd in Budapest at the Budapest Horse Show. So that's a long, a long trip, but I think he's probably as excited about the end of the trip as he is the trip. So I'm, I'm excited for you to describe a little bit about what they approached us with and then what are the preparations now that are going into um, building that dream? Oh, yes. This is really, really different um, than a usual, I mean, not usual, but you know how I mean usual Monty Roberts shows generally. So um, the, the whole horse show called uh, The Horse Whisperers, and and they also invited uh, Lorenzo and Jean-Francois Pignon, and they will be in the same show with Monty. And I think it's really, really exciting because it never happened before, mm -hmm. as, as far as I know. No. And, and also, um, this, this whole show, and, and especially Monty's part, um, is about a young disabled rider or a young disabled horse, um, boy, little boy who is 15 year old and whose dream is to ride with Monty. And, and this is so this is done like in a dreamlike state in the middle of an arena, right? With the exactly. lights down, like a story. Yeah, exactly. It's going to be a whole story. And his dream is, uh, you know, just be on a horse and ride next to Monty. But of course, because he is a disabled rider, we somehow have to get him on a horse. And this will be a part that the horse has to lay down in a queue, which uh, will be given by Monty, definitely. Mm -hmm. And also he has to mount somehow to the horse, on the horse's back and a horse will get off again and they will ride. <laughs> right. So this is roughly the storyline, but it's going to be much more. And, uh, and also Monty... Uh, we'll ride another horse, uh, a quarter horse. It's not, you know, a normal reigning uh, show or something, but this is also the part of the story. And the boy is a, is a really disabled boy, so we are not just acting like, you know, he would be one. And he's also having uh, horse riding lessons. I think uh, he's been doing it for two years now. He's not able to move his legs. Uh, he was born like that and he's living in a wheelchair. Um, he is a very, very nice young boy and he speaks English and he's very, very exciting to, you know, to just get to know Monty and be in the same show. So, um, so I think his 
dream will come true as well. (laughs) So it's it's kind of like a a story turning real. So tell us a little bit about how you chose the horse. So you're really dad's left arm and right arm in putting this together from a distance like this, which is a lot of responsibility. Um, So you have, you know that somebody else has been um, auditioning, I guess you'd call it the boy, but how did you choose the horses for this? We choose the horses like I have a very good friend and we are really close friends and we work together a lot and she is um, training horses for movies. And all of the three horses were in this arena because it's a very special, you know, event for a horse. Uh, Somehow, you know, sometimes they will have four shadows because of the light approximately 10,000 uh, people in the in the wow. arena so a lot of people uh, music uh, clapping and and I think we need some horses who's been there and who can do you know a lot of things in these kind of circumstances so mm-hmm. it's not it's not the best thing if we could uh, choose a horse who's never been there yeah um, so we have uh, three horses two Frisian and one Lipitzaner, and they're beautiful. beautiful, beautiful horses. And they all been there uh, a couple of times in different shows. So we will choose a horse which suits best for the kid, for the little boy. So we have to, you know, just try a couple of times how they can communicate with each other, which horse listens him the best uh, way. And we also have to try it in different places, different uh, arenas, um, during music, with uh, loud noises. So we have to really, really uh, try everything we can or everything uh, we are able to do. And also, I will be the first. uh, Well, we we tried already uh, how they are react on a wheelchair. So I found the wheelchair and we getting, you know, a little work with the horses, how they feel, how they react when I approach them with a wheelchair uh, while they are lying down. And um, mm-hmm. and this is very, very interesting. But all of the three horses are really good in this. Uh, but still, they are horses. So we hope yes. the best. <laughs> right. We That's hope right. the best. That's right. It's always on the day, but um, but I'm glad you're well prepared. And these horses have been trained by someone who is kind to horses. Yes, yes, of course. Uh, you know, she's she's a really how can I explain that in the best way? She's really good with with her horses. She's always when they are shooting movies, she's always with her horses and she is not training them lying down in a traditional way. She's um doing a lot of flexing work like uh, like like a human being do yoga because mm-hmm. for you know to do the these kind of uh, exercises horses needs to be really strong and flexible in the same time uh, so so she she's teaching them to lying down how, uh, how exactly the same way how they are lying down die, uh, down themselves in a nature so the front feet is in in, a, in one place and the hind feet are getting closer and closer and closer. So the horses are stepping towards the front feet and then they can lay down in a quite natural way. Oh, I love uh, that. So it's very, it's very, very nice. And, and that's how they they've been taught by by my friend and and she's very nice with horses and she's a very good rider also so i hope 
everything will be good. <laughs> Sounds, oh, I bet you do. I bet you will sleep for a week after this. Yeah, <laughs> I think so. And also, really- um, we, I'm sorry, uh, just another thing, because uh, today the organizer told us that uh, you should have a second rider if something is wrong with a kid or if he's got sick. So I think this is uh, going to be very interesting because... Then we have to train two boys for this, three horses or maybe four horses as well. But we will see. We will do our best. And, and I think it will, it will be a very, very unique show. And what do you, do you know what Lorenzo and, and uh, Frederick Bignon will, will do for the show as well? No, no, I don't know. Okay. I don't know. I think, well, I think Lorenzo will do the jumping when uh, he's standing on horses. And then uh, while he's standing on horses, he's jumping. Um, and I think uh, Pignon will do the, uh, his liberty training. But I, I don't really know exactly. They'll probably keep that under their hat. So sorry we can't yes. let people in on that one. But, <laughs> but we, we at least gave you a little peek of what's going to happen on December 1st and 2nd with, with Monty there. So we'll watch the calendar. We don't have an active link to that yet. But if people are interested in a, a wonderful way to go to see Budapest during like the Christmas holiday season and meet yeah. <laughs> meet Monty, I think it's a great, a great plan. So hopefully people will put that in their calendar and, and maybe make it. Yeah. It is. And uh, we will also shoot some uh, videos about uh, the preparations and the practice. So I will share them with you uh, once we have them and uh, we keep you informed. Thank you. Well, people have to watch for that on the social medias. And so we've got the Facebook with Monty and Kata's Facebook and we'll share back and forth. And and are you involving any other certified instructors in all this? Are you shouldering this all on your own? Not really, because it's two of us. Uh, but yes, we will involve, uh, uh, well, I, I will invite all of the Hungarian instructors, but uh, for the preparation work, I will invite them. And if they have time, uh, of course, they will come and just share ideas. It's always good. So I, I, uh, I already called them and we had a chat about this. So when I will have the exit dates, I will invite them and just you know, just having fun together. (laughs) Yes, you do. I know it was so nice to see most of you guys in Vienna last year at the Spanish writing school. That was a lot of fun. And yeah, yeah, and it's always good to see (laughs) together. You're all brilliant and such good horsemen and just enjoy having you on as often as we can get you, Kata. And thank you for your time today. Monty Roberts is proud to partner with the Right Horse Initiative, which seeks to help horses in transition by massively increasing horse adoption in the United States. The Right Horse understands that most horses will have multiple owners during their lifetime. Often, these horses find themselves in transition due to no fault of their own and can move into a second or third career with the right adopter. Adoption can be a great option when you're looking for a new horse. To help you find your perfect right horse, the Right Horse Initiative developed an innovative new website for adoptable horses called My Right Horse. On MyRightHorse.org, you can search hundreds of available horses by breed, discipline, age, and location. It's simple, user-friendly, and of course, mobile-friendly too. With a wide range of adoptable horses from all over the country, MyRightHorse.org can help you find the horse of your dreams. Visit MyRightHorse.org to find your next horse through adoption.
It's time for Jamie Jennings to fetch an email from Monty Roberts' inbox and share a morsel of Monty's wisdom in a little segment we like to call Ask Monty. Leave this world a better place than the magic in the Dear Monty, why do some people faint when they see join up for the first time? Monty's answer. This is an interesting phenomenon that I had very little knowledge of prior to the mid-1980s when I began to do public demonstrations. I remember clearly the first time it happened. It was on Flag Is Up Farms. We called an ambulance, stopped after the demonstration, and declared a one-hour recess while they took the lady off for emergency room analysis. There was a lunch after, and the lady returned with her husband to give us a report on her condition. She first told us that she was five months pregnant, which heightened our anxiety all the more. She then reported that the doctors had diagnosed her with hypooxygenation, which means she had held her breath, starving her brain of oxygen until she slipped into an unconscious state. When asked why she held her breath, she told us she didn't realize she was doing it. She went on to tell us that she had been abused as a child, saying that she felt she had transposed herself to the position of the horse. She said she believed she was thinking how wonderful it would have been to be treated the way the horse was, instead of how she actually had been. Since this first fainting, there have been dozens more. We have had many other medical opinions, most of which have come from attending physicians, as we have never resorted to calling ambulances after the first occasion. These people are generally unconscious for less than a minute or two and often remember most of the circumstances surrounding the event. How well I remember one night here at Flag is Up Farms. I was doing a demonstration for Ford Moto- Motor Company UK as part of a conference for Ford executives and their spouses. Five ladies fainted in one demonstration. That stands as a record to this day. Each one fainted within the same one minute period. It was directly related to a good join-up with the formerly abused horse. After the demonstration, I had a conversation with each of the ladies. All had been physically abused at some time in their past. Each of them remembered pretty much everything leading up to their feigning. All of them returned to the round pin within five minutes or so and were comfortable watching the rest of the demonstration while being attended to by people on my staff. Abused horses tend to bring out this phenomenon more than any one factor. It is a fact that all but one of the fainters have been female. It is also further true that about 90% said they had been abused in their past. Further evidence would suggest that they became transfixed on the procedure they were watching and simply forgot to breathe. Fortunately, we have never had an injury in the course of these episodes, and I hope it remains that way. For more of these insights into good horsemanship, go to www.montyroberts.com and click on the orange banner that says, Get Free Horse Tips. Hi, I'm Monty Roberts, and I'm dedicated to training horses without pain. You can learn to do it, too, on my Equus Online University. Western, English, the beginner, or the advanced rider. It doesn't matter. You can connect with other students online, too, on our forum. And there's a new lesson every week. It's a lifetime of learning for you on my Equus Online University at MontyRoberts.com. What in the wide, wide world of sports is going on here? Where in the world is Monty Roberts?
Monty is looking forward to meeting some new friends, two-legged and four-legged, September 1920. Hey, that World Equestrian Games in Tryon, North Carolina. Yeah. And then October 6th, he heads to Collingham, UK, and he starts his fall tour. There's only two dates in there, so make sure you pick one. And then October 19th, he's at Hartbury in the UK. And then he skips over to Germany, and he's there on his 15th anniversary trip to Germany on tour, and it's October 25 in one date. That's in uh, Thire now. I'll say it wrong. October 27th, he will be in Ulstadt. He's been there before. Looking forward to that. And then October 31, I don't know if there's Halloween in Germany or not, but he will be in Schuselfeld, Germany. Just go find this on the website. You'll pronounce it much better than me. And then November 2nd, he has uh, he's in Fulda, Germany. And November 10, he's in Nubalak, Germany. And then uh, then he skips over to Budapest, Hungary. We'll be talking a little bit to uh, about that in the near future. That's December 1 and 2. He has a join-up master demonstration at the Budapest Horse Show in Hungary with uh, the likes of Pignon and some greats there. And then uh, long-term out there, February 2019, on the 15th through the 17th, three days that's President's Day weekend, we'll have an equine facility management clinic back in California at Flag is Up Farms. Woohoo! And if you didn't mm-hmm. commit all of that to memory, you can find it all at montyroberts.com and more. Or you can give Flag is Up Farms a call. The phone number is 805-688-6288, which you can also find on the website if you want to go to the website and then make a phone call. There you go. For details about today's show, you want to go to horsemanshipradio.com and you'll find links and pictures and information about today's guests and topics. And we love your feedback. Great way to do that. Follow Monty on Facebook. Go to Facebook, type in Monty Roberts, and then f- click on the like and or follow button on the one that has that little blue check mark because that's the official Monty Roberts Facebook page. You can also follow Monty on Twitter. His handle is Monty underscore Roberts. And if you haven't done so already, grab the app for your iPhone or your Android so that you can listen to the shows anywhere, anytime. Go to your app store and search Horse Radio Network. If you're tech savvy and have already taken care of that, find some not so tech savvy friends of yours and help them do the same. That's right. And, you know, I had somebody come up to me one time just a couple weeks ago and said, hey, I have the app on my phone and I listen to Horsemanship Radio, but all of a sudden, the episodes that I had checked on there, everything is gone. And I went, huh, that's funny. And I had to play around with it. And I'm not a techie, but we went, you know what, let's just just delete the app off of our phone and put it back on. And everything was restored and perfect again. So if you ever have any struggles with it, try the on off button (laughs) for a second and it may just work. There's my geek tech tip of the day. That's a really, actually a really good tip because most geeks they say do the simple stuff first reboot your mm-hmm. phone or reinstall the app great exactly advice. so if you have any corruption there you go uncorrupted and many thanks to our sponsors too omega fields cavallo horse and rider and MontyRobertsUniversity.com. be sure to visit all the other great shows on the horse radio network too at www.horseradionetwork.com until next time have many happy horse hours 